the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up. On this beautiful Tuesday morning, you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Collado and David Dawson. Hey, guys. Hey. Happy Tuesday. Good morning. Dancing Damian Collado. You missed it if the camera wasn't on early. <laughs> the music is just so good and happy in the morning. It fires you up. It does. Yeah. No matter what the temperature is outside. That's right. We need that warmth. Yeah, we'll get to the weather in just a moment, but today's the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Mm -hmm. What a wonderful day, Mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to offer up a prayer, and then we're going to get Wake Up started. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Mother, we love you. We thank you for your promise to help us in our need. We trust in your love that dries our tears and comforts us. Teach us to find our peace in your Son, Jesus, and bless us every day of our lives. You are our mother and our inspiration. Please hear our prayers and answer us. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, amen. Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. One of my favorites, Our Lady of Guadalupe. You know those little tiny saint keychains? Yeah, I got They're one right all here. Over the place. Look, I got yeah, one. Yeah, she's on my car even... keys. Yeah. This yeah. Is, uh, what is that? Who's that? Can you this is a... um, uh, Maximilian Colby. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Little tiny thing. Can you even put a key on it? So cute. I, I don't know what to do with it, but I have it right here by the microphone. You clip it. He's... You can oh, clip, you clip it, it yeah. on your keychain. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, she travels with me everywhere. That's where I keep all my medals. Oh, you got medals. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. If you're watching Damien's putting up his keys and showing us where they go. Wow. Wow. Nice. Okay. Very nice. Well, (laughs) want to hear my keys? (laughs) (laughs) Let's get to today's lineup real quick. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. We have some events in our listening area we will give you details about at 10 after. You can go to ccmedia.live to check all of them out right now. In 18 minutes, Claire Willis will be with us. She is the assistant to the superintendent of Catholic schools in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And today, she will be giving us all of the wonderful facts about why you should choose to be a Catholic school teacher. Mm. So looking forward to speaking to Claire today. In 35 minutes, Julia Scarnato joins us. She is the executive director of the Hispanic Apostolate of the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And today we will learn a little bit more about Our Lady of Guadalupe, thanks to Julia. So looking forward to celebrating today's feast day. Mm. And in 48 minutes, Matt Estrada joins us. He is the founder of Catholic Aging with the Peace with Dementia Rosary. And Matt always has some wonderful insights on caregiving for our loved ones who are going through uh, dementia and how we can pray for them as well. So looking forward to today's show mm-hmm. with wonderful guests. And Damien, looking forward to your weather report today. What okay, well, hopefully you're looking forward to a cold start again because just like yesterday, 
Most everyone has temperatures in the 30s to get started, but it's going to warm up rather quickly. Uh, the good news, it's going to be in the mid-60s today, high about 65, low 41, and it will remain that way all the way through Friday. So oh, pretty man. consistent That's week. Perfect. Winds are going to be out of the east at 5 to 10, no rain in the forecast, not until the weekend. Tomorrow, basically the same as today, and a few clouds are going to be rolling in as well. Temperatures in and around the area right now. As I said, things are warming up a little bit. New Orleans, it's 48 degrees, 41 in Mobile, as well as Homa Thibodeau. Covington, it's 36. In Biloxi, it's 38. And Baton Rouge, 37 degrees. So should be another good day once things warm up a little bit. In the meantime, don't go too far. We have the gospel and reflection coming your way and some events we want to share with you as Wake Up continues on this Tuesday morning. Good morning, a blessed feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from Luke chapter 1. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. Today we experience the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Within seven years of Jesus miraculously leaving an image of his mother on Juan Diego's Tilma in 1531, an outer garment worn by Aztec men, nine million Aztecs converted to the Catholic faith. This amazing image has baffled every attempt to provide a scientific explanation for its very existence. Even the existence itself of the tilma is inexplicable because the cactus fiber out of which it is made doesn't last 40 years. And yet, this miraculous tilma has lasted almost 500 years. Furthermore, the tilma was not destroyed by an accidental spill of nitric acid, and a bomb blast of 26 sticks of dynamite near the tilma that destroyed windows 150 meters away. The image itself is an ongoing miracle that testified to God's care and loving protection of himself and his blessed mother. Scientists were amazed to discover that the colors actually float above the surface of the tilma at a distance of one one one-hundredth of an inch without touching it. The tilma maintains a constant temperature of 98.6 degrees, the same as the body of a living person. When the gynecologist Carlos Fernandez del Castillo placed a stethoscope below the black band of the pregnant waist of Our Lady, he heard rhythmic heartbeats of 115 beats per minute. Scientists have now discovered the reflections of people in Our Lady's eyes. In addition, when the eyes are exposed to light, the retina contracts, and when the light is withdrawn, it returns to a dilated state, just as happens with a living eye. The image shows Mary standing on the moon, 
which indicated to the Aztecs God's triumph over evil. The stars on her mantle signify that she came from heaven as both their queen and their loving mother. This remarkable image also indicates that Mary became imprinted in the deepest recesses of Juan Diego's heart and the hearts of all who come to her. In this role, she teaches us to love her divine son. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sayers. Thank you, Jimmy, for that wonderful reflection and insight on Our Lady of Guadalupe and also Father Chris Decker for the Gospel reading. And speaking of feast days, today being the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe, but tomorrow is the feast of St. Lucy in honor of the feast of St. Lucy, the patron saint of diseases of the eye. Our Lady of Mercy Church Parish in Baton Rouge will celebrate a special Mass tomorrow at noon. All eye professionals and anyone experiencing illness or diseases of the eye are encouraged to attend and receive a special blessing and traditional Italian St. Lucie bread will also be distributed uh, at that time. So uh, if you want to go, it's at noon. Our Lady of Mercy Church Parish, Baton Rouge. I should go. I'm blind as a bat. I should go. Oh, no. Then I want to try the bread, too. I mean, I think that's fascinating. (laughs) On December 14th, as we wait in anticipation for the coming of our Savior, you're invited to St. Catherine of Siena Advent Concert featuring John Angadi and Lorraine Hess that we talked to earlier this week. On December 14th, that's December 14th at 6.30 p.m. in the church. At, uh, that's at St. Catherine of Siena in Metairie. And then a Catholic choir Christmas concert will take place at 5.30 p.m. on Sunday, December 17th at St. Louis Cathedral, followed by caroling in Jackson Square that'll take place at the cathedral steps, and that's at 6.45. So 5.30, you you can go to the cathedral for the concert, and then the uh, choir will take uh, sing on the steps at 6.45. Gabby, you'd gone to that before, hadn't you? I have not gone, oh, but gone. Andy has gone, gone to that? and it, yeah. it was yeah. his go all the time. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds, very it sounds like a beautiful it's tradition. A great way to kind of get the Christmas season started. Yeah. 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 If the weather's I've good, it's a great evening. Yeah. yeah. You'll enjoy it. Bring beautiful. the kids. Mm. Yes. Now, I have gone to this one, the Daughters of St. Paul Choir. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're coming to New Orleans for their Christmas concert. The theme is Come to Bethlehem. It's their final performance, and it will take place on Wednesday, December 20th at Jesuit High School Auditorium. New Orleans is one of the only four cities selected to host the national concert tour, and among the nine-member choir are two local daughters of St. Paul who live and work at the Metairie Pauline Book Center, Sister Mary Martha Moss and Sister Ann Flanagan. You can go to ccmedia.live. Doors open at six p. Or doors open at five p.m. The concert starts at six p.m. But yes, Jesuit High School Auditorium, ccmedia.live for more information. And St. Anselm in uh, Madisonville, they're going to be having their Elf Night this Saturday, December 16th, from 6 to 8 in St. Joseph Hall. You have to be five feet or under to attend. No, I'm kidding. Uh, that part, I'm just kidding. It's for <laughs> I students. Could probably go. Yeah, it's for yeah. students <laughs> from sixth grade and up. Doesn't matter how tall you are. Uh, you're invited for an evening of Elf Fun. There'll be games, there's a movie, food, and a little more. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, it's all part of St. Anselm's CYO. Gosh. Just show up and uh, take your elf off the shelf from 6 to 8 this Saturday at St. Joseph Hall in Madisonville. Let me guess what the movie is. You might be right. Advent is here, and there's plenty of time to volunteer with Catholic Charities in New Orleans. They need volunteers to organize and box donations for refugee families at their location on 2505 Main Avenue in Metairie. So you sign up with Christmas Sign up to help with Christmas present organization and boxing now through Thursday of this week. Oh, just just a few days. So sign up and help out. Select one of two select one of the two shifts, nine to twelve or twelve to three. Go to ccmedia.live for more information. Yeah. Yeah, I got that in. Try to decipher everything he just said. Just wow. go to ccmedia.live. You'll actually see what needs to be done to help yeah. those people out. Or just go to the elf thing. Okay. <laughs> Moving on with Wake Up, Claire Willis is coming your way next. <laughs> so we'll go to to translate this before I read. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for December 12th. Today we celebrate Our Lady of Guadalupe. In 1531, a 57-year-old Indian named Juan Diego reported an apparition of Mary. As he was walking to Mass outside Mexico City one Saturday morning, he passed by a hill called Tepeyac. Hearing beautiful music, he looked up and saw a radiant cloud. Within the cloud was an Indian maiden dressed like an Aztec princess. Speaking in his own language, she sent him to the Bishop of Mexico with the request that the bishop build a chapel in the place where she had appeared. The bishop demanded that Juan's lady send him a sign, which she did in the form of roses in December, that Juan would carry to the bishop in his cloak. When Juan opened his cloak in the bishop's presence, the roses dropped to the floor, revealing an image of the maiden as she appeared on Tepeyac Hill. Within two years, that chapel was built. Over 12 million pilgrims visit the shrine and basilica to Our Lady of Guadalupe each year. In 1910, Our Lady of Guadalupe was named Patroness of Latin America, and in 1945, Pope Pius XII entrusted all the Americas to her care. The new Saint of the Day app is available now for your smartphone or tablet. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. Thank you so much for being with us, watching us, listening to us this morning. We're so glad that you are joining us today. And I just love this Christmas bump music. It just makes you want to snuggle up with a cup of hot cocoa and just stare at your Christmas tree. That's yeah, all that lit up and looking really Charlie pretty. Yeah, that reminds me of Brown Christmas. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Something like that. <laughs> Playing the piano. Yeah. Uh, yes, it does. So we know what Gabby's going to do right Willis. after the show. Ah, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. It is cold enough, so yeah. yeah no. <laughs> Claire Willis joins us today. She is the assistant superintendent of Catholic schools. Uh, yes, assistant to the superintendent of Catholic schools in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And today we will be talking about why you should join the wonderful team of Catholic school teachers in the diocese. Claire, good morning. Thank you for being with us today. Good morning. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
This, uh, looking back, I went to Catholic school for elementary school, middle school, and high school, and still to this day, I always think about my Catholic school teachers and just the effect they had on me uh, with different subjects and just how I have formed in my faith and in my education. Catholic school teachers make such an impact in our children's lives and in our lives. Tell us a little bit about why people should choose teaching in Catholic schools. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think most people already know that teaching is a, a noble profession and nobody joins a, a, a career in education um, for fame and glory, right? People do it for <laughs> right. the mission and, and the vocation of it. Um, but we have a, a, an even more unique call in Catholic education uh, because of that nature of being able to not only share wisdom, but share our faith with the next generation of young people. And so, um, uh, mm-hmm. what, what we know in education, what we know to be true from research is that the, the number one most impactful um, element of education for children is the teachers who are in their rooms instructing them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's even more important that we don't just have people coming in there to, to fill a seat, but rather really form and inform the minds of our children. And so uh, we are looking for, we're, we're starting to actively seek um, people who may be called to that particular vocation, whether you have a degree in education or not. Um, we are very fortunate because our schools are classified as non-public schools um, by the state of Louisiana, that we have some flexibility with getting people to um, earn the proper credentials while they're already working. Hmm. Um, and so uh, what, one of the things we've seen, trends across the nation are just few and few people going into those pre-professional degree programs in colleges. So, um, you know, what we could have relied on in the past is reaching out to, to people graduating with degrees in education and saying, come teach in our schools. Um, well, that pool hmm. has just shrunk over time for a variety hmm. of factors. And so we want to make sure that people know um, that anyone can become a great teacher. What it takes is going to be a love for children, um, a love for learning, and that includes the adults too. You know, teachers got to keep on their game, learning the new latest strategies, learning the, uh, the new curriculum that comes out every year um, as we're focused forward, but also love being able to, to share their faith and witness to the children. Because as I said, it's, it, and as you said, mm-hmm. that, that impact of the people that you learn from is what you take away from more than, the knowledge itself, I think, more than anything. And so um, we're hosting a career expo this Thursday, that's December 14th, um, at 5.30 p.m. at St. Michael High School. Uh, they, they're serving as our host school for it. And we are asking anyone who's just ever thought about teaching, whether you went to school for teaching or not, um, if you have a degree, if maybe you started a degree and didn't quite finish it, if you had an illustrious career in an industry and maybe are reaching that retirement age but aren't quite ready to hang it all up yet. Um, or maybe you are a teacher, you've, um, you know, spent some time in public schools and really have a desire to um, work in a place where celebrating and sharing your faith is, is part and parcel with the job description. And so um, looking for people who, who just might want to be a part of this mission, this ministry, mm. uh, that's much more than just a job. Yeah. Um, and so we hope to have mm-hmm. a good turnout on Thursday evening uh, of people just ready to learn more about what it, what it means to be a Catholic educator and what it, mm-hmm. what it requires <laughs> of you right. to be prepared for that role. 
So uh, that's what we're working on now. We do we do not have job openings. We actually do. I'm sorry. We have a couple of openings at a few schools that are immediate vacancies, uh, but we're not necessarily looking to fill jobs right now. We're just looking to cultivate um, a pipeline of people who may want to consider it maybe in the next school year, maybe down the road, and this is something they just want to be working towards as we go forward um, because this isn't going to be a need that goes away mm-hmm. in a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm yeah. hoping that some people out there listening might say, you know what, this is this might be my path in a year or so. Maybe I'm getting ready to retire. Maybe I've been staying at home with young children for a while um, and haven't been in the workforce, but know that once my kids are back at school, I may be eager to, to get back into work mm. that is very conducive to family life. Um, you know, the, the, the hours match your kids' hours at school. Um, you know, many times true. teachers enjoy that benefit of being able to work at the place where their kids also go to school. And so, yeah. um, you that's know, that, that's another group of people who may be interested in thinking about, okay, maybe I've been the, the room mom and I've volunteered and uh, done things at the school that might be a different way to apply your gifts and talents. Um, in a way that affects even more children, uh, you know, the children of your friends yeah. um, in the role of a teacher mm-hmm. or a teacher's assistant or, some, you know, we have ancillary roles, too, mm-hmm. uh, that aren't necessarily classroom teachers. That we, we need all of them to make our schools successful uh, in a place where robust learning and formation happens. And, oh, and, and having an impact on other people's lives. I mean, that's just I remember yeah. my teachers. I remember my favorite teachers. Mm-hmm. Damien, they, they were the mm-hmm. toughest ones. You know, the, 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 the ones that, that I still appreciate the best. When I look back on it, they were, they were tough. But, boy, I'm, I, I still gain from yeah. that. I'm not sure I remember Absolutely. mine too much, but I know they all remember me. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. It's, and, and it's those formative experiences, right? It's, it's learning from adults who maybe believe in you so much that they push you to do things you didn't yeah. know were possible, uh, that teach you the value of hard work and discipline, um, that teach you how to learn and not just what to learn. I think that's mm-hmm. the, the types of gifts we need to see imparted into our next generation. Um, just, I'm sure, if you've lived out in society lately, you, you've seen some mm-hmm. generational shifts as children growing up in worlds vastly different from, our, you know, our uh, adults of us, our experience as children. And so, um, yes. you know, we, we need to have wonderful people being able to pass along um, that kind of wisdom, that kind of learning to our mm-hmm. children now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and prayer is so yeah. powerful. And I just, you know, one of the things I think was the one of the biggest impact was the introduction of perpetual adoration as a young mm-hmm. child in Catholic school. And I just remember going there as a young child and being like, what is going on? And then the more <laughs> we started doing this, because as a young kid, you can only understand as much as you can understand. Right. Um, sure. But realizing that that has truly made an impact and that was being introduced. And now, you know, that's the big thing is the faith aspect of it, sending our kids to mm-hmm. Catholic school. Um, and that's what makes it so different from sending them anywhere else, of course, unless we homeschool. But, you know, one right. of the things is the is a faith and incorporating that in the math class, in science class, or in social studies, and being afraid, not being afraid to talk about your faith. That's what's so powerful. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's a, that's a beautiful gift of being a Catholic school teacher is that ability to integrate faith into what you're teaching, no matter the subject. It's the ability to start in, in your class um, in prayer, 
to start the day with mm-hmm. school-wide prayer to be able to celebrate sacraments together going to Mass. Uh, you know, the schools go every week, and you, you're part of that. You get to go every week. It's <laughs> built into your job yeah. um, as, as, as part of what your day looks like. And um, th- I think that that's just a really a, a wonderful benefit that people may not even realize uh, comes, with yeah. the, comes with the job. Yeah. You, get, you get paid to, perform, to be a part of, of, of sacramental living with your community. Um, yeah. it's, it's a lovely thing. And so, uh, but absolutely, we, we just, we need lots of wonderful, great people now and in the future. So mm-hmm. that's what our expo is all about is come and learn more, uh, find out about the schools and what they're doing, what that job looks like and what it might take for you to be, um, properly credentialed to do so. Uh, Claire, one more time, give us the, give us the details of the expos or cost, uh, RSVP yep. and when, yep. where in time. Absolutely. So uh, it is a free event, no cost. Um, we are asking for pre-registration, um, and that information uh, is at the very top of the front page of our website, the Catholic Schools Office website, which is uh, csobr.org. And again, the event uh, is this Thursday, so December 14th, starting at 5.30 p.m. at St. Michael High School. We will have um, some information about uh, different credentialing pathways. We'll have uh, some panels of Catholic school teachers who were there to kind of talk about their their lived experience and what drew them into the profession, uh, especially hearing from those who didn't necessarily take a traditional pathway. They didn't, you know, start in a degree program for teachers, but rather um, moved from other um you know, other pathways of life and got called into the vocation. Um, so we'll get to talk with, with ones who are working in our schools now and uh, learn a little bit more about boots on the ground, what that is like. And so we have all of that available this Thursday evening at St. Michael High School. Um, and that information and registration link is on our website. Great. Thank you so much, Claire Willis, Assistant to the Superintendent of Catholic Schools and the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Thank you so much for being with us. Have a happy Advent and a Merry Christmas to you. Same to you all. Thank you so much for having me. Bye, Claire. Yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> we're going to learn a little bit more about Our Lady of Guadalupe when we return from the break. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. past the hour you are tuning your heart to the truth i'm david dawson along with damian Collado and gabby smith and in a few minutes we're going to be talking to julia scarnado she's the executive director of the hispanic apostolate in the diocese of baton rouge and we're going to just continue our conversation about our lady of guadalupe you know i i heard uh, matt swain mm-hmm. say this morning on the uh, sunrise morning show before we come on mm-hmm. and i love to listen to them because they have they, they go in such details but uh, matt uh, always has a unique look at everything he said there is no coincidence that uh, our lady of guadalupe's feast day is on taco tuesday so uh, I think that's oh, at least once what once every <laughs> six years uh, you know yeah that, he's right about that and it's a feast that. day so <laughs> hand yeah. out those tacos well, I think that's a <laughs> Mexican food I mean it's a, it's a well it happened in Mexico just outside of Mexico City exactly so, uh, the basilica yeah. is located mm-hmm. there 10 million people visit that basilica on an annual basis that's amazing and it's it, the second you know. outside of St. Peter's in Rome 
It's the most uh, visited church in the world. It's quite the pilgrimage. I've never gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do know a lot of folks who have gone, you know, uh, down there to see the Telma, and and they're taken aback too. Uh, they're taken aback that that thing is still hanging up there. It's five. It's almost five hundred years old. It's four hundred and. 92 years old. Yeah, All not right. quite 500. Yeah, and it's still I think what's, uh, well, what's intriguing to me is the temperature of the image is always 98.6 yeah, degrees. Yeah, constant um, no matter did what. Did someone accidentally touch it and say that's way too hot? I mean, I, that good. is so cool to me that it's still like that, right? right. Well, it always maintains the same temperature. Isn't that our body temperature? That's our body temperature. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so 98.6. And the fact that the temperature gets cold and hot throughout the year and it never changes is, is rather amazing that's as well. Crazy. There is so yeah. much to that tilma and to that image. You mm-hmm. know, our little bit earlier um, we we were we were hearing about that you know talking about uh, but it also talked about the images that were in the eyes the reflection of the eyes have you ever mm-hmm. read that yes that uh, the images are of the bishop and Juan and, Diego and and Juan Gonzalez who was the interpreter all three were Juan too is there any coincidence there but, uh, I I mm-hmm. don't know about that one but the, uh, but, the, the Juan Trinity okay all right well. All right, I, we just learned something new about the Tilma See, there that I never learned on a that daily day. basis. My goodness, hang with so. me, brother. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> the the other yeah. thing is the constellation of the stars that are on the Tilma. Yes, exact constellation on December twelfth. NASA approved that. In, the, in other words, the pattern of the, the pattern stars. Of the stars you are going to see. Wow! And when you thing. see them, it's not from the Earth looking up; it's from heaven looking down. NASA proved that too. Wow. Oh, well, I okay. think it's interesting. <laughs> Jimmy, had a, a Jimmy, yeah. well, <laughs> Jimmy, during today's reflection, had some really cool facts about the Tilma and Our Lady of Guadalupe. I did not know that the Tilma has basically survived all of these things oh, yeah. that are meant to destroy it. Well, it's with, it's organic <laughs> it's too. Crazy. It's organic. It's yeah. made of cactus fiber. Now that that being organic it should deteriorate and, and, and go away, but uh five hundred years, I don't I don't know any cotton items or anything <laughs> like that would that last that long. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it, it uh, would be hard, I yeah. can tell you. So especially that particular back in the day too. I mean, we're talking fifteen thirty one when all this happened. Right, right. And and this is our lady is Our Lady of the Americas, Our Lady right. Guadalupe. Mm-hmm. And I believe yes. it was John Paul II said that, uh, hey, when she appeared, our, uh, the Americas were united. You know, now it's separated, but it's separated by a man-made canal. But nevertheless, she is still Our Lady because it was so centrally located where she appeared. Yep. So uh, yep. I understand the devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe and the beauty of it and everything. I know, I know my wife has a strong, strong devotion to that as well. And Gabby, I, I bet your family does too. Well, I love Our Lady of Guadalupe. I just love all the colors of her image. And whenever you visit Mexico, they have such a big devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe. There's statues. There's so many beautiful images of her depicted in different ways, sculptures, paintings, anything. And just the colors intrigue me. I remember talking to one of our authors who focused on Mary's different outfits that she has during her apparitions around the world. And there's something about Our Lady of Guadalupe. The colors are so vibrant and beautiful. Um, I just love that. But the other thing that's so interesting was the photography 
photographer of the Basilica of Guadalupe in 1929 discovered that you can see in her eyes a reflection of man and different people also, uh, human figures in her eyes. You guys, like, that's not, like, I think if a photographer now took a picture of that, I would have been like, ah, that's interesting because you can manipulate so many photos now with AI and everything like that. But in 1929, that technology was almost unheard of. In in regards to photography, they have yet to get an exact image or reproduction, whether it be by brush or by taking a photo, the image does not come out exactly like the image on the Tilma. They have never been able to really reproduce it as is. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, amazing. that's another thing. Another little to, miracle. Yes. It, it's, it's strictly amazing. Well, and the, so, the, and the, you know who else is amazing? Julia. Julia is has arrived at the studio. She's amazing and is going <laughs> to share the, some more information with us. <laughs> Julia, hurry up and have well, a seat. Welcome before. to live radio. You can put those headphones on, Julia. We were just, uh, we got you all warmed up here. <laughs> uh, Julia, Julia is the executive director of the Hispanic Apostolate and uh, in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And, uh, you know, welcome. Thank and you. it's it's a uh, I know we don't have much time. We just have like three <laughs> minutes where we could just talk about the beauty of all this. It's a blessing time. It's yes. blessing time. Yes. 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 I'm it's, so it, grateful it, to be here. It certainly is. And and uh, we, we were just talking about what she means to us, Our Lady of Guadalupe, and what she means especially to the Hispanic community. Yes. Um, it is amazing how the people see Our Lady like uh, their really mother. That they're like their mother. Yes, mm-hmm. their mother. Uh, I feel like the whole entire world is uh, so enjoyed today, mm-hmm. and they do a lot of parades and parades and prayers mm-hmm. and visitation. Mm-hmm. I went to Texas yesterday, and I brought this big, big uh, image of Our Lady of Guadalupe from really? Mexico City, and it's wonderful how the people have this Great Ceremonies, faith. yes, yes. And, and, and great faith. Are y'all doing anything at the Catholic Apostolate? Uh, 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 I mean, yes, uh, um, we have a several celebration. Last night was like we begin at 7 o'clock with Mass, Rosary, mm-hmm. and the mariachi singing, the mañanitas. Oh. It was mm-hmm. a wonderful day. And around eight uh, churches, we have different celebration, including independence over there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Okay, yes. so a lot is going on just even today, then, is yes, what you're saying okay. throughout Bishop the entire... Duca will be uh, the, at San Pius tonight okay. at 7 o'clock. It was a big, big mass. Okay. People from all over. That's like at St. Pius, and that's on Hooper Road in Hooper Baton Rouge. Road. Correct. Yeah, yes. okay. And I, I imagine that's going to be very well attended then. Very huh? well. We have dance, we have food, we have groceries. Oh, my. People from all over. Uh, this dancer from Lafayette, Kong, and from Gonzales. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so you have the real authentic heritage. It's like a piece of the apparition and... You know, people yeah. from all over the countries. Oh, that that country. is fantastic. That's fantastic. And I'm always loving, you know, she gently chided him when he tried to avoid her. I remember uh, talking about Juan Diego and how she said, am I not your mother? Am exactly. I not gonna? And that part right there is. I love this. Um, every time I'm just doing something, I just think the same way. I'm not, I'm not your mother. Mm-hmm. I'm here. Mm-hmm. 
So it's a, a and our lady appeared to this simple, simple man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's so comfortable to be around the simple people. That's true. That's Very true. innocent. Yeah. They don't have too much worries and troubles. There's so much that we, we could we could also go on. We we unfortunately run out of time, uh, Julia, but if somebody wants to learn more about the Hispanic apostolate in Baton Rouge, where do they go? They can contact our diocese. We okay. are a department from the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Because y'all do so much. So we're going to have to have mm. you back. So, Thank you. Thank oh, you so much. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you. All right. Have a day. Great. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Matt Estrade. It is 45 past the hour. You're tuning your heart to the truth on Wake Up. Top of the hour. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome back to Wake Up. Damian Colado, Gabby Smith, David Dawson, and with us now, Matt Estrade, founder of Catholic Aging with the Peace with Dementia Rosary. He here he is here to chat with us as the holiday season is upon us. And when it comes to our elderly parents or loved ones, you know, it can be a trying time to say the least. Good morning, Matt. Hey, good morning, Damian. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, uh, one thing uh, that that everybody struggles with during this time is not only preparing for the family gathering, but, you know, if we have an elderly uh, loved one who may have dementia or beginning signs of dementia, we, we really worry about how to deal with that. Let's talk a little bit about that, and, and we'll touch on some other things as well. But how, how does one prepare uh, their loved one for the event without making too big of a ruckus. Yeah, it's so important to do that because um, those who are living with dementia, they typically know something's going on. They may not, they may or may not know what it is, but they know they're at least in some kind of uh, brain fog. And, um, you know, just like you or I might be uh, agitated if we're hungry or we didn't get enough sleep, you know, that could certainly uh, make things a lot more challenging for someone in that situation. So we're with flexibility, uh, is key. And then just knowing what the purpose of the event is, which most events is just for loved ones to get together. So it's as if at the end of the day, if that is what is accomplished, uh, but things have been, uh, but things have been changed, maybe times have been changed, situations, who's bringing what, then, you know, you've accomplished, you've accomplished what you, what did you, what, what do you want to do in some difficult circumstances? Yeah, and that's the key, is try to keep it simple and consistent, uh, especially for the loved one. And what about family members? Uh, they all gather. Sometimes they don't see each other but once a year for this uh, Christmas season. And all of a sudden they discover maybe uh, Grandpa has dementia. Uh, what are some warning signs for folks to look for? Yeah, so, yeah, that happens very often. Um, I, I think the Alzheimer's Association gets the most calls towards the end of the year and the beginning of the year mm -hmm. because everyone is, most people have spent time around family and friends. And, you know, these warning signs that I'll tell you about, they're very hard to pick up over the phone uh, because many times someone with, with dementia, they keep these, the, uh, they, they keep what's called this social chit-chat, not a technical term, but that's what we use in the field that the, the, the parts of their brain where they can just kind of say things they've always said, like, oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, How's yeah. your mom? You know, these, these things, how the, you know, how the saints, you know, these things we just kind of say 
and we don't even you and I don't even think about it sometimes, unfortunately. No. Um, it's really hard to pick those things up over the phone, but when we're spending time with each other, so you're looking for um, if someone is you know having trouble following a conversation. Um, if they are having trouble coming up with a word, but then in that whole conversation, they don't come up with it. We will all, we will all have words on the tip of our tongues at some point. Um, but then we usually remember it if there's not a cognitive impairment. So, Mm -hmm. and then, uh, you know, if someone repeats, uh, the same question over and over, that's a, that's sort of one of the signs that you want to check out. Now we can't diagnose anybody based on any of these, of course. We don't want to jump to conclusions, and we certainly don't want to get real worried about it. But these are things to, you know, the red flags for us. So yeah. it's, you know, time to start talking to other, you know, family members, not in gossip, but in charity to say, hey, you know, what, you know, what are we looking at here? And you know, how long have we been seeing, who else has been seeing this? That's right. You get a consensus in, in, in the process. Now, you also... Uh, interview folks you have a podcast and you do a number of interviews with some great folks one in particular recently is dan burke came out with a book finding peace in the storm and he focuses on the meaning of suffering as well as um, accepting god's will share with us uh, some of the high points of that so folks who are interested can go uh, and see the interview yeah, so we just uploaded this to the website last night. It'll, and uh, so Dan Burke, uh, for those who don't know, but most people listening to Catholic Radio probably do know, he's a former news president of EWTN, and now he is the head of the Avila Institute for Spiritual Formation. And he came out with this and several books on mental prayer, and uh, this is on, on, um, on God's will and suffering. He himself has a chronic lung disease that's, he, he will say in the interview, slowly killing me. And yet he mm-hmm. has the most positive outlook because what he, because, and, and his, he fleshes this out in the book, he's taken that, that unfortunate um, health situation that he has and he's united it with Christ. And that is how he is, he and we as Catholics, how we are able to get through any situation. I don't mean any, almost any situation, but any situation. Mm-hmm. It could be physical, emotional, it could be relationships. Um, we will all, we are all called to carry the cross, not just, you know, every once in a while, but daily. And in this conversation, it's, it's only 30 minutes, but it's so impactful in talking about that idea of uniformity with God's will. So when, thing, when God, God will allow things to happen to us that are unfortunate, and God will also will good things and positive things for us. And w- whichever case it is, it's what He wanted. And because He created us, we are, we are called to... to to conform what we want to what what he wants and what he wills. So, I, and this is something that you know, growing up in the city, I I don't remember hearing about this, but I think schools and I think others are talking about it more. And it's such a consolation to know that you know it helps. You know, we all know that we're to detach and we're to surrender. And when you understand it in the context of uniformity with God's will, like uh, Dan talks about in this video. It makes it a lot more tangible, and it like makes it something that you can actually say, "Okay, I get it now. I, w- I can put it into practice." 
Very much so. And I love the fact that uh, it, it, we, we don't have to just focus on the individual who is having memory loss. We as caregivers have to be willing to accept that this is part of God's will. And quite often we're just focusing on our loved one who may have the disease. But a lot of times we're the ones struggling as well as caregivers. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And then think about this. Not everyone will have, will de- thank goodness, will, will develop dementia. But we will all age. We will mm-hmm. all have a moment where we, you know, where we, where we depart this world. So mm-hmm. that is that is absolutely God's will yeah. that that happened for all of us. So. Matt, I kn- we were hoping to do a deep dive on all the uh, resources you have, but let's at least uh, share with everyone what the, where can they go, whether it's a podcast, a book, uh, learning more about Catholic aging, uh, your website. Share with us where they can go. Yeah, so they can uh, it, it, they can go to one or two one of two website one or two websites that go to the same place. Uh, one is dementiarosary.com, and then they can also or they can go to catholicaging.com if that's easier. But we'll have all the videos. We'll have articles, um, all the resources there. People can purchase the um, the uh, paperback copy, an electric copy of uh, the piece with Dementia Rosary. And then, um, in God's time, in, according to God's will, we'll have a um, the Spanish uh, translation uh, available in PDF either later this month or, or in January. Matt, so. thank you so much, brother. We appreciate it. We'll have you back on next month. Have a Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry, Merry Christmas. Thank you all. Matt Estrade, DementiaRosary.com, to learn more. Wow, what a show. What a show. Happy mm-hmm. Feast Day of mm-hmm. Our Lady of Guadalupe. We're close with a prayer to our Mother. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Mary, you have chosen to remain with us by giving us your most wonderful and holy self-image of Juan Diego's cloak. May we feel your loving presence as we look upon your face. Like Juan, give us the courage to bring your message of hope to everyone. We ask this through your Son, our Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Looking forward to tomorrow's show. We'll learn a little bit more about the Jesse Tree tradition with Eric Sammons, Catholic author. Dr. Tom Neal from the Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee joins us. And Dr. Jordan Haddad will continue with our Catholic 101 segment. Have a wonderful Tuesday. Thank you for watching and listening to us today. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.